This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Listeners, today we're at the starting post of the racing in Palmerston North with Kim Truwick. When was horse racing introduced? So horse racing in uh, Palmerston North, so the formation of the Manitou Racing Club was 1880, um, with the first race meeting held on the 26th of December, 1881. Wow, it's a long time ago. It, It is a long time ago. So who was it introduced by in when and where? And I guess with most racing clubs, they were sort of just a group of people that got together and generally landowners um, that uh, uh, they... The proverbial rich people. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, so the, the, the first block of land um, was a 100-acre block at Awapuni, which was purchased um, in uh, 1900. And... Uh, yeah, it sort of started from there, I guess, but yeah, generally just a, a, a group of people that had land and money and horses and um, thought it was a good sport to get into. All right, so in 1881, but the, um, the Awapuni area that was bought, was that the one that you're on at the moment? Yes. Oh, right. Yes. Okay, so you went there relatively new, yes. newly. Um, I roughly remember reading somewhere that it was originally down the other end of town, Hukafutu end somewhere. Yeah, I believe, I, I, I had course. heard that, but the, the information that I've got doesn't sort of state where it was, so there, whether there was some, you know, some unofficial stuff that was uh, happened in the early stages, yeah. So there was a, about nine years before it was established where it is. Is that right? Yes, Did you say 1890? Yes, Right, okay. So, and the horses were owned by the the people who raced them, or, yes. or um, farmers. So would they have been special horses um, for racing or would uh, they just in have... the In the early stages, they were probably just, uh, you know, specific breeds. I guess um, in those early days, they would be farm hacks that, yeah, then the, the breeding would, would start with some sort of... Uh, uh, other horses around the country that were perceived to be, you know, thoroughbreds as such. And, uh, yeah, the breeding process would have sort of improved as they went and, yeah, bred from the fastest ones and, <laughs> and then introduced some, uh, you know, international breeds and in that as they went. Sort of a bit like the dogs with the greyhounds, as sleek and fast Absolutely. and aeroplanes, etc., with all the fancy <laughs> yes. noses, etc. So uh, um, how many... Uh, Races would there have been in in um, those days? Like you know, the, did they just have a, a race day um, where they would have informal races, as you say? Or was yeah, it... I think um, so. The first uh, first race meeting officially um, is it was uh, was sort of way back in you know eighteen eighty one. That was that was sort of an unofficial type race meeting. Um, and then licences uh, were started to be granted by, you know, the racing authorities in the early 1900s. 
Um, so it became more official in those days. So then there, there would have been sort of probably more rules around, you know, how many races they have, number of horses, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, that was all, you know, ongoing as, as they established themselves. So would would there have been what I think are called punters, aren't they, um, or audiences that come along to, to um, bet on these, or would it just have been races for entertainment? The, the, the early days would have been entertainment. Um, I did note in, in uh, some of the information that I've got that the TAB effectively was introduced in 1951. Uh, was oh, that's a long time away. That, yeah, so that's... Um, 1951 was when there were a few clubs that were tested uh, with the TAB system. Um, so, there, you know, uh, it's likely there would have been bookies or similar to that earlier than that 1951 date where um, betting would have been unofficial as such. Right. So, um, but the general public could go along and watch the ex- um, entertainment or yeah, excitement absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely, and... Um, you know, we've seen photos from from back in the time, and um, they used to get huge crowds. You know, from the early days. So, um, yeah, it was uh, obviously something that people like going to and um, getting dressed up and doing their thing. Yeah, and those would have been the days when the women wore hats and gloves and absolutely. goodness knows what else, and the gentlemen wore their suits. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Top hats. Don't and, have that these yeah, days. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, uh, um, so how is it different um, today? Oh, just I, th- I think the difference um, was obviously back in there. They were they were big events um, as the as the racing clubs grew, and um, today we have so many different options for people to, as far as entertainment. You know, your TV uh, live screens of of racing and of sport um, have changed the the landscape as far as. Uh, most sports go racing um, definitely, and um, where you had no no other way of being and seeing the entertainment without being there live. Um, so that's the change, I guess, is um, you know the world in general is um, availability, I suppose, and progress, as they call it. Absolutely, yep. So um, now you've mentioned that the venue. Um, Changed from the original one, but it, it's been where it is since eighteen ninety. Was that uh, sort of that yeah? What you said? Well, the nineteen hundred was the the date that the hundred acres at Arapuni was oh, purchased. Nineteen hundred. So um, yeah, that's. It, I guess it's been developed from there. Um, there was obviously some stands sort of built initially, but the uh, the tenders and the new. Um, bigger stand uh, was built in the early 1960s so um, I believe that the initial stands were what we call what we called the ledger stand and the um, ascot uh, which the ascot is now no longer there All um, right. that was a timber timber structure so was it burnt or did they demolish it uh, it was demolished just right. just you know the the I guess, health and safety side of things and earthquake risks and all that sort of thing. So, mm. Well, that's a bit different from most of them are brick buildings, aren't they, that they now deem earthquake Yes, uh, well, there problems, was a, the, the old totalisator building um, that, uh, again, was probably around that sort of 50s, 60s period was a brick building, and um, that, again, had to be demolished in, the, in you know, the last uh, five to eight years. Mm. 
Right. So um, originally the the uh, horses would have been raced by men only, I'm assuming, um, or were there any woman jockeys? Uh, no, there wouldn't have been any woman jockeys. Um, there may have been, obviously, you know, women involved in the ownership and, and things like that, but it was probably like um, a lot of those sort of things. They were probably male-dominated sports. And um, uh, so, yes, Sort of a the woman's woman, woman were you know woman's place was in the home basically <laughs> wasn't it in those days that the, the men had to go out and have all the entertainment but uh, well not all of it but yes so uh, now of course they wear silks etc so I understand but in uh, the early days they would have worn. What their ordinary farming clothes? Or, oh yeah, yeah. Or I, I guess or yeah. I guess in the it, it, sort of a lot of the information going back and the photos that you see, um, you know, it's sort of the early nineteen hundreds. Um, they would have been wearing you know jumpers and and riding boots and and things like that. Um, so probably more, uh, yeah, as I say, the the nineteen twenties, nineteen around that era. Um, you know, there was more controls from the racing authorities, which would have indicated, you know, uh, you know, weights and and um, a more structured approach to racing, rather than sort of uh, a few owners of farms having their horses racing around a paddock. So, so yeah, probably more structured as as it uh, started into those, you know, nineteen twenties, thirties, and um, and just continued to evolve from there. Well, there'd be a lot more rules, um, aren't there, that, that um, jockeys, well, now they have a drug testing as well to a degree. Yep. Um, I don't know how uh, much there is, but it, it does happen in some places. But um, the horses and the jockeys are, are weighed and um, saddle included, etc. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's very structured now and, and it's, you know, obviously international. Um, so those jurisdictions are... You know, uh, across the across the world, really. So um, these rules have come in, well, over time, I guess. Yeah, but. yeah, and I guess a lot of the rules around, you know, racing and and even when we start talking about, uh, you know, racing clubs and membership and and things like that, you know, the 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 structure for membership, for instance, and uh, you know. Racewear and and um, where you could be and where you couldn't be um, and what your membership gives you and uh, you know that the bones of those are still there but they've just evolved over time and and uh, the racing rules are are similar um, as the uh, evolution of of I guess TV and cameras and and the quality of those improved then you know that had a huge Im- impact on uh, what stewards could see. Uh, from a racing perspective, and um, yeah, so it's just the um, you know the evolution of of IT and and information. So, yeah. So a steward's job is is to make sure that everything's done above board, so to speak. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. All oh, right. So yep. uh, and and what sort of powers do they have? Oh, so as far as the racing, they are effectively the I guess you'd say they're the police of of racing. Um, so they can, you know, in this day and age, they can press charges against riders who interfere with other horses and, um, that the races are unfairly, that the horses are given every opportunity 
and then there is a, um, a racing or a judicial panel that uh, are the jury effectively and um, so yeah. So is this at each course? So where, where you are at, at Awapuni, you would have your own um, so inquiry people or is there a national one yes. that looks so the at RIB uh, or the, the Racing Integrity Board is now a separate entity um, that uh, employ the stipendry stewards and the and then the um, the JCA or or the the um, basically the the judges of the uh, of the racing um, are again sort of an off, offshoot from that. So yeah, it's very very well policed and uh, with the cameras, the views, the yeah, there's not much you can get away with. So it's all very very in, very clean and. Um, very controlled, yeah. So, but they they are independents and um, and yeah, they they do regions more than um, individual clubs. So, so around, around um, our region, it was go where. So our our so there's the the northern region, which is Taupo up, and then there's ours is from uh, Taranaki, across to Hawke's Bay and down to Wellington, and then there is. Um, the southern is probably split into two, but yeah, uh, the north, the northern South Island have the uh, the bigger region, obviously. Right now, um, I'm not sure about are there seasons to to go? Um, like, there's a racing season. Does it happen all year? Or uh, so the ra- yes, it does. So there's races um, most days of the week, um, all year round. The racing season. Is aligned to the breeding season, so right. uh, so first of April is the start of the new racing season. Uh, so obviously April through to the end of July. So uh, based on the breeding season, horses all have the same birthday, and um, so their birthday is the first of August, and um, so that um, works in with the racing season. So you've got your two-year-old races, your three-year-old races, and and older. Oh, so um, that's how it's because it could be a bit like school with higgledy piggledy. You start at age five, but that yes. could be any time. Yes, exactly. Oh, right. So you, so yeah, it's the structure is you have okay. <laughs> two year old, two year old races. Uh, you know, two year old only, three year old the same. Then when they get to four and o- over, then it's it's a sort of all age type thing from there. Okay, so you've got ages grouped up to four. Yep, and um, horses are bred. Specifically for racing, absolutely, absolutely, and that that again keeps evolving. Um, many of our stallions now are shuttle stallions, so they are actually shuttled around the world. Oh, um, right. So we have a number of stallions every year that come in from, you know, whether they're Australia or Europe or, or wherever, um, and they're shuttled in for a season because the season is slightly different to the. Um, oh, from international what it is season. Over in Europe. Yep. yep. Um, so that's that's how that works. So yes, the the breed is continually evolving, and all the horses are specially trained for racing. So they've got no other job. No, no, racing is their thing, and um, yeah, uh, I guess most people would be surprised how well they're looked after. And uh, yep, they get the best of everything, and um, yeah, they get just. Well, when you say the best of everything, so what's required for caring for them? Well, so they're obviously the the from when they're, they're born, um, you're, you're either 
bred by a owner who breeds a horse um, to a, to a, a sire, and and um, and then they bring That's the horses when they up. So and so is out of such yes, and such. Yeah, yes, right. or by yep, and um, so they they breed them for themselves, or they breed to sell at the national yearling sales or, or national. Um, um, yeah, yearling sales or weanling sales. So, so are, they, are those all in um, in Auckland, or are they around the country? Uh, they there's there's the main one is in Caracas, yeah, in Auckland, um, and then there's a South Island sale as well. Um, as we are moving on, there's now uh, sort of online type sales as well that, oh, right. that happen through the year. But the the yearling sales and the weanling sales are held at uh, predominantly at Caracas. And um, yeah, they have a large number of horses, and again, international buyers, and obviously there's some very, very big money spent to buy horses. So then, you know, horses are prepared to go to there, so they're well looked after and and to be in the best shape for those those sales. So, uh, is there anything special apart from? Uh you know, grassing and and uh, watering. Do they yep, have absolutely. to have special food or anything? Ah, uh, like yep. That? So they'll be stable. They'll be they'll be, you know, have a, a special diet. Um, they'll be groomed and and walked and whatever every day of the week. So, um, you know, there's there's normally depending on the number of of stables that uh, trainer has and horses that a trainer has, you know, they allocate. Um, X amount of horses to a staff member predominantly and and um, yeah, those horses are cared for, brushed, you know, stabled, walked, whatever needs to happen to uh, to get them to their to their best, I guess, for um, for a racing career. And on the odd instance, I guess that's done by the owner. But generally speaking, there would be a a groom who would be in charge, etc. Or yep. So through every stable has. You know any number of staff that are specifically grooms, or and and they may also be track riders, and so they may do the exercising of the horses. Um, the horses will generally exercise um, six days out of seven, unless they're you know racing within a, a, a short period. Um, then so, they'll be seven so days a week. They're so. ridden from a very young age. Yep, yep. So from from that uh, you know yearling to two year old. Um, stages when they're broken in and um, and uh, and ridden and and educated, hmm. and so the, this is what you're going to do for your life. <laughs> yep. So uh, yes. So we're going to take a break now, and we're going to hear the races on by George Jones. I feel tears welling up, calling deep inside, like my heart's from a big brain. Looks like heartaches, and the winner loses all. 
I adventured in love Never once saw spiking what the fire race off would be I'll do the fear away You're up in some more Thinking that you're gone from me Aging in vain in my heart For the day was the one I hate to face Somebody new came up to win her I came out in second place So now the race is on And here comes by at the back steps back with Kim Truick. Before the break we heard about horse racing That's we were talking about gallops in Palmerston North over the last 150 years and a little bit about the present day so Kim what's your current role? Uh, so I'm the general manager of racing for the race group which um, we oversee uh, the clubs involved in the Alpernie Racing Club and uh, also the, the Wellington Racing Club at Trentham. Alright so a dual role. Dual role yep yep so Yep. So um, what was your inspiration to become involved? Uh, so I was born into it, I guess. Uh, my father was uh, brought up, well, ended up being a jockey. Uh, he was a jockey and then he was a trainer. Um, he's been involved in racing all his life. So uh, I decided at an early age that uh, that, that was going to be my, my life. So uh, I became a jockey and left home um, pretty much the day I turned 15 to go and work in a, a racing stable. Oh, wow. So you you were a jockey. You've done lots of racing yourself then? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I rode uh, for probably 20 years um, and uh, was lucky enough to to ride uh, in all over New Zealand and Australia and, um, yeah, ride some very good winners. So predominantly um, jump racing. So, uh, yeah. Exciting and, stuff. Uh, what do you like about it? Oh, um, I think the comp- I think that the sport is one of those things that once you've been involved with racing, obviously you know it gets a in lot the of blood. us gets in the blood. A lot of us have that competitive nature, and people love winning. So, so have you got a family to pass it on to? Uh, I've got I've got a, a, a son and a daughter, but they are not into racing. No, um, <laughs> but that's fine. You know. Um, Racing, as I say, there's so many opportunities for people nowadays and if people love racing, they'll be the same as me and it'll be in their blood and they'll be in it for life. Uh, yeah, sometimes it runs in families, doesn't it? Yes, it does, yep. Because um, I, I knew one, but uh, the the two boys, one one didn't want to be a jockey, the other did, but he got too big. So. Right, <laughs> yeah. I do think that, um, yeah, probably more, you know, if they've got a lot of horses around, I, I sort of got out of... You know, once I stopped riding, um, I got out of the, you know, yeah, having property with it, or having having property with horses and things like that. So the kids don't have those those same opportunities if they're on a farm or if their parents were trainers or whatever. Yes, you see, get a lot um, of people that well have horses, but uh, they're not necessarily racing ones, are they? No, no. But I think um, nowadays, especially. Um, you know, obviously, there have over the years been far more females that uh, like pony clubs and and riding their horses. So that's probably evolving, and and the the growth of of the female participation um, 
and, and now they're getting a few that are winning big races. That Absolutely, are, it's coming. The numbers coming more numbers vogue. are continuing to grow. Yep. So girls can do anything, as they say. <laughs> well, I think I think as much as anything, there's obviously the love of the horse, um, which the, the girls um, predominantly have, and um, weight's another one. Um, oh, yes. Girls are, you know, normally lighter, um, which makes it a little bit easier on their on their health as well. So, did you find that you um, had an affinity towards the horses that you rode, or were they just rides that you had as a jockey? Oh, so yeah, it's, it's unlike the um, you know eventing and show jumping and that sort of thing. Uh, when you're a jockey, you're employed to just ride to ride that particular ride. one or race. Or no, whatever. so yeah, so you can ride any any number of horses. So it was not unusual to hop on a horse you've never been on before. Um. Yep, you're paid to do a job, and uh, and yet yeah, it doesn't matter what the horse is. If if uh, you're employed to ride that horse, you've just got to make the most of it. Right. So, um, if there are any interested listeners, uh, what would you advise them to do if they wanted to become jockeys? If they wanted to become to jockeys, to racing. Um, so there's a number of things you can do. Um, obviously, there's there's local trainers on the tracks and in Awapuni is a uh, reasonably big training track so contact the club uh, the racing club and um, we can advise you of uh, any possible trainers or jobs that are looking for um, looking for staff and yeah I guess the, the first thing even from school kids is maybe weekend jobs or something like that to uh, you know to see if they get they've, they've got that get the enjoyment from being Involved in the industry, so would they start off with mucking out stables? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so it'll be it'll be mucking out stables. It'll be um, grooming, um, you know, leading horses around to the track, starting and from the ground up, stand for the ground up. Absolutely. <laughs> so, how do people contact the racing club? Uh, so the racing club. Um, so the website. Uh, if you go to ourpootingracing.co.nz, and you'll find a lot of detail on that website, which has. Uh, contacts for you know any number of people within the club, and um, that's probably the easiest way to access the information. And um, we can we can help you from there. Right. So that website again, awapuniracing.co.nz. Uh, yes, I wrote it down correctly. So that's if you're interested in becoming that. Um, and next week we're going to be hearing about the four race meets that are being held at Awapuni Racing Club before the new year. So. Um, have you got it? We've got about a minute left, Kim. Do you have anything that you'd like to finish off on? Oh yes. Yeah. So we've got uh, you know plenty of racing coming up. So we've got those meetings on uh, the nineteenth of November, the tenth of December, the seventeenth of December, and then the, our Boxing Day races, which uh, most people are aware of in uh, in uh, the Manawatu. So, uh, so big race days. Um, Again, information on the website. So, uh, yeah, go and check that out and get in touch with us. Or listen next week to 9.99am on Tuesday and um, Saturday at 12 noon and you'll hear the details when Kim comes back next week for another interview and we'll hear about those then. So thank you very much, Kim. Thank you. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. 
For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.